0: The following content is for informational purposes only. It should not be used or construed as legal or tax advice, nor as a recommendation related to your specific situation. All concepts presented should be discussed in detail with an advisor, accountant, or legal counsel prior to implementation. Advisory services are offered through Veracity Capital LLC, a registered investment advisor. Welcome to Capital Conversations, presented by Veracity Capital, a podcast talking money and speaking truth. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us on this March edition of the Capital Conversations podcast. My name is Charles Crowley. I'm a wealth advisor here at Veracity Capital, and today I'm joined by my colleagues Kevin Boutwell and Mike Colopy to discuss, uh, I think, a little bit of a lighter topic, but it's really going to be getting into how can you develop financial values and priorities and apply those to your life.
1: You know, when we speak with clients, pretty much all advisors do this where, you know, one of the first things you do with a, say a new client or somebody you're going to know is try to understand how they think about their money, how they think about maybe their legacy or what they want to accomplish. But, you know, we have a, a list of questions that we may ask to really figure out what their priorities are. And, you know, depending on their priorities, a financial advisor or a financial planner will obviously, you know, start building around that. And so, I think the topics that that we're going to talk about today are some that we kind of randomly picked from our list that that we tend to get a lot of from our clients. And I think um, Charles will kick us off here, but I think that's a good um, good segue.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think that you hit or touched on something, Kevin, that I think is important here. And, and that is the, the aspect of communication. I think when we think about these concepts or questions, it's very important for you guys listening out there to think about how you would have these conversations with your loved ones? How would you have these conversations with your spouses, your kids, your family? Uh I think that that's a big aspect as we go through these that that you'll see kind of playing through. So I'm going to kick us off with one of the biggest that I think I get all the time, and that's how can I be a good steward of my money, a good steward of my financial assets? And, you know, obviously steward, the definition of that word can land on people differently. Uh, for me, it's, it's really all about making sure that you're making the best possible decisions with the money and blessings that you've been given. A lot of times I think, you know, of the word steward and automatically think of the Bible and the biblical aspect of it. Um, but, you know, again, it can land on people differently. And I think it really kind of boils down to how do you define the best possible decision that you can make with your money?
2: I think that a lot of that's based on who's thinking through this, right? So you being a good steward of your money is going to be different than some of our clients. It's going to be different than, than me, right? We all have different values. We have different priorities for me and, and my family. The way we see wealth and the way we think about priorities, we think about wealth, family and health. Those are three top priorities right so when i'm thinking about you know your topic being a good steward of my wealth i'm really thinking about those three things in my mind what am i doing to help my family or my community the people closest to me how am i impacting them mm-hmm. how am i impacting my health and um and then obviously your wealth you want your wealth to continue on to have some sort of legacy Which, again, that means different things for different people. This is personal financial planning. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I think this topic just proves how personal it can really be.
0: I absolutely agree, Mike. I think you... You made me think of something that I actually saw in the last week or so, but I think the the concept you pointed out there is that it goes beyond you. A lot of times when you hear the term steward, it's more about those that you love, those that you care about, those that you would leave behind if something happened to you. And The the video that I recalled seeing is uh, an individual who was going through uh, this exercise, and he was saying that, you know, a lot of times when you think about your, your values and your priorities, especially with money, you, you can go out there. You can buy a house, but you can't buy a home. You can go out and you can buy health care or purchase health care, but you can't buy health. You can go and buy a watch, but you can't buy more time. And the concept is, you know, when you are evaluating and developing these priorities and these values that you're going to implement in your in your wealth. It's really important to think above and beyond just the immediate factor. What impacts you, what, you know, really think about your family, what you want your legacy to be. And I think that's something that Kevin actually, Kevin actually mentioned.
1: Charles, do you think that, that most people already have these thoughts with them or do they come to you and you kind of help them figure that out?
0: I, I, I think that they already have the thoughts. They just don't know what to do with them. You know, they don't know how to compartmentalize them, make decisions based on them. They know, you know, oh, I think that this is important, but I just don't know how to go and implement that. So I think a part of what we do as advisors is really educate the client, really get them thinking about, all right, these are great thoughts. These are great questions. Now let's put some steps together to actually act on them.
2: You know, the way my values, how I kind of view wealth in, in three different components, which is true traditional wealth along with family and health. I'll just give an example from my personal life and how I've used my wealth to really help my family and help educate the younger generation. Um, I have a nephew. He's 16 now and financially wasn't early on in the in the best situation. So I actually opened a 529 plan for him and now that he's older i've actually spent time talking with him about college spending time talking to him about work careers he actually does work he didn't understand his paycheck didn't understand how withholding worked what taxes went towards right we actually are setting him up with a roth ira account right so so for me fortunately I've had the experience of working as an advisor, CFP. This is the world I know. And a lot of what I value is trying to give that back to my friends and family and helping to educate them and get them better prepared, right? Mm -hmm. My nephew has completely different values in in some ways than, than I do. He doesn't maybe care as much about the markets and some of the things I care about, but he's at least gonna be educated on it. He's gonna have a leg up in in my opinion. And and that really comes back it makes me feel good, right? It makes mm-hmm. me feel like I'm contributing the way that I find the most value out of.
0: Right. Mike, I want to I want to ask one question before we go on to what I think you just highlighted, and that's really kind of sharing your experiences and your knowledge with those that you care about. And it doesn't necessarily have to be isolated to someone like us in our industry with a CFP. I mean, people learn a lot throughout their life about money, good and bad, and that's that's something that can be shared with your with your loved ones. But the question that I want to pose to you guys, I think you touched on it, and that's how much do you think someone's upbringing or their socialization plays into how they view money or how they set their values and priorities when it comes to money.
1: I think it's a lot. I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, their upbringing, um the people they were surrounded by growing up, you know, what their parents and grandparents kind of, you know, that example that they set. But I'll say though, I mean, we all had there's always exceptions and we've seen those on both sides where we all have uh, wealthy clients with, you know, a son or grandson that's just, just frankly is, is not in the same situation, doesn't quite get It's not probably the best steward of their funds and things of that nature. But then on the other side, some of our clients came from very, you know, very what most people would call kind of low income, low asset backgrounds. And, and they've worked their way through life and learned different things and, and really excelled and achieved. So it, it's, there's exceptions to, to that, but I think. For the most part, you know there there's definitely a correlation between you know, I think what what values are. It doesn't have to be wealth or, or or you know not wealth. It's just the way people are brought up and and the attention they put on other things and you know not wanting that instant gratification or all those things I think are traits that get passed down and frankly, just kind of family cultures.
2: You, you can even see that with the way people treat investments and debt. Right, working with different generations. If you know you've worked with a client who was born before or during around the Great Depression or World Wars, they have a much different perspective on saving risk debt, right? So you can actually see the makeup and how people personally feel about their money Mm -hmm. uh, being much different generation to generation. Mm
0: -hmm. I asked that question as as really kind of a follow-up to what you asked, Kevin, uh, about clients coming to us with these concepts or questions. And a lot of it is education, right? I mean, everybody's going to come through our, our system or a system with questions based on what they've experienced and looking at things through their own lens but part of what we do as advisors is really educating them on maybe a different perspective or maybe a slightly different way to look at things doesn't mean it's right or wrong it doesn't mean that people are coming with a perspective that it is or isn't going to work it's just a a part of the education process uh going back to what you were talking through Mike just sharing these these experiences and this knowledge with people How impactful do you think it is for families to communicate about these things early on, like parents to child, grandparents to grandchildren, things of that nature?
2: I think it's critical. I think it's very important. And you can see after working with clients for years, you can see a difference in the younger generations as far as how involved they are in their understanding of money. And again, like Kevin said, there's always exceptions to the rules. But if you are having, and, and again, it's it's not like you need to open up your portfolio and show your grandkids what you're worth or something like that, right? It's, it's really just talking about values, the value of money, your family values, and, and just having somewhat open discussions about that about how things work, right? Because when you're, you know, these children are growing up and if you're growing up in a world where you're in a nice home, you go to nice schools, mom and dad have nice cars, you kind of just assume that you're going to too. You don't really understand the amount of effort and work that's going to go into achieving those things, right? So, if you're fortunate enough to be financially well off and you want the next generation to be the same you you need to talk about mm-hmm. what you did to find financial success mm-hmm. right what 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 you did and then the other thing is just going back to um what you were talking about and working with clients you know we we obviously we can't tell clients what their values are they tell us, and we're that sounding board, and we're the reference for them right there's Countless numbers of clients that ask us, "Well, you know, you've worked with clients like me before, so you know, how do they handle this sort of situation?" Or, or they, and they're really, they're really trying to get a gauge on how you think their values relate to the general population, or how their values relate to similar-minded clients, right? So, I think we can really help having these conversations. But as you both had said, the values are already kind of ingrained when we mm-hmm. start even getting into those conversations.
0: You know, I think it's a huge aspect of that conversation to not only focus on the what, what are you doing as much as the why, you know, especially if you're talking about future generations, younger individuals in your family, trying to educate them on, on what your situation entails understanding the why for me, I think about my kids or I think about my my grandfather to me when I was younger, understanding why he was giving money to certain organizations or why he was charitably inclined or why he was investing money in a certain area or what have you. That was almost more important to me than the fact that he was doing it in the first place. I wanted to understand his why.
2: Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, and, and I think uh, another real real life example would be right the the client who is seeking a a relationship. And, you know, sometimes you think materials might happen happen to help that. And maybe they're pushing for, you know, a larger property, nicer car, different things. But truly, right, their values aren't these materials. Truly their value is that companionship. Mm-hmm. And the so that's the that's the why, right? why right. it's the companionship, but it's those other financial decisions that they think are going to help them get to their ultimate goal uh and i and I think you know that that's it that's that's really where we're trying to help
0: Kevin, let's switch gears a little bit and go with probably our i think all three of us would say that this is number one we get this all the time on profiles or questionnaires or what have you, and that the concept of financial independence,
1: yeah, so it you know they don't actually say these words, but when you get to know clients and you're speaking through and, and you're having these conversations, you realize that one of their, one of their higher priorities is either both financial security and financial independence. And again, like, I don't think they think of that and like, Oh, I, I, I want this, Kevin, help me get financially secure. It's, it's just, as you, you know, when they start answering some questions, you realize that is top of mind for them. And so first let's kind of define those cause they rhyme, but they're not the same. Um, Financial independence is literally, you know, having enough income or assets that you can, you know, convert to income to fund your lifestyle, right? And your goals and all your expenses and not have to worry about running out of money. So you don't have to be employed. Um, you don't have to worry about being dependent on, on family or other people for, for living and, and those types of things. So that's being financially independent. Um, financial security is also up there. And that's more of, yeah, maybe you don't have. The assets or income to never be employed, but your employment itself and other things you've built in your life are very secure and have high probability that you can manage your, your assets and, and lifestyle. And so there's a lot of factors that go into both of those. A lot of them have to do with your spending. Everything you guys just mentioned, like a lot of it is, you know, your ethics, your morals, like how you think about how you are being a steward of your funds. And a lot of that can drive towards getting financially secure and financially independent and again, across the whole spectrum, like very, some of our most wealthiest clients sometimes even have the same question. Like, and what they want to know is, you know, one, am I financially independent? They they, they want to know that they don't know if like, Hey, if I actually have enough to get me to my life expectancy in, in my mid nineties or whatever that may be. Others want to know, well, what do I got to do to achieve that? Right? Like what steps do I need to take so I can be financially independent or in some cases be more financially secure for, for me and my family? And then others actually do know that they do feel that independence. They do feel they can see what they've built and what they're doing. They're very happy with it, but there's always risks out there that, that we all wonder if we're not thinking about. And that is, you know, what do I got to do to ensure that I keep this financial independence? Right. And, and those three kind of main points can really take you down many, many different conversations, many different planning and portfolios, uh, and all those types of things.
0: Mm-hmm. You remind me of our process, and I certainly want you to dive into that a little bit more, how we assess and evaluate and communicate where a client is relative to that concept of financial independence. But I think about our process and largely it is touching on a couple of the things we've already talked about. What's important to you? You know, we've got to define that first. What are your goals? What are you working towards? That's that's what we're planning around. The the second aspect I think you just touched on is like are, are there any gaps? You know, here's where you want to be, here's where you are what's the gap and how do you bridge it? The third thing I think you touched on is, are there any other areas of your financial life that could poke a hole in the boat? You know, where are your blind spots? Where are those areas that you haven't thought about yet that a professional can kind of help you put a spotlight on and say, Hey, if you check the box on this, then you're a heck of a lot closer to that financial security than you thought you were.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think in that process, you know, at some point along the way, we'll go into different types of, assuming we've, We've established your goals. You know what your goals are. You know, you know, what your expenses are, and you have a, a decent idea of what your income income may be. You know, we need to stress test these things and show I think some people are kind of surprised by I, I think everybody understands market risk. You know, the market, there's risk there, but there's lots of different types of risks to achieving um, you know, that that security and independence that people look for. And I think showing them what what different pieces could look like. It's really the first step, and and them being like, oh wow, I, I, that's probably low probability, but hey, if it could happen, and there's a way to mitigate that, let's look at some of those mitigation techniques. You know, and, I mean, just personally, you know, just talking about the the well, going back to what we were talking about on, you know, are these inherent in people? Is it is it their upbringing? Is it examples? You know, how do people think about their own wealth and money? And you know, fi- financial security is one of those things too, where people are all over the map. Some people like me are actually, it was all, something I was always concerned about, you know, do I have the right pieces in place to feel secure for my family, even giving different risks that can come out there, you know? And so that's, that was very important to me. It may be less important or priorities to some other people, right? Um, maybe some people are mis, misinterpreting their actual security, their financial security, meaning they don't quite understand what their expenses are compared to their income, what their asset growth is and those types of things that, that could lead to getting into trouble or not quite meeting some really important goals that you have. And so all these things that we talked about, I think kind of do tie in together, which is probably why we get these from a majority of our clients.
0: I think the misinterpretation piece is pretty important because I think there's a lot of resources out there. Some are good, some are bad. You've got to pay very close attention to what you are allowing or who you are allowing to pour into your life, pour into your mind and how those sources are impacting your decisions. So uh with that said, I'll kind of put a bow on today's episode. Hopefully it was helpful. I know this was a, a little bit more of a high level topic, but I think very important as you think about what's important to you and your money. Uh Certainly, if you have any follow up questions, reach out to our team. You know, the Capital Conversations team uh is here to help. Uh So if there are any follow up questions, concepts, things that you want us to elaborate on a little bit further, definitely let us know. Go out and follow us on social media. Our team is out there on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. So make sure to go out there and connect with us and uh certainly interact with uh our, our team members and our show on those on those platforms. And then certainly follow along with us. Go out and subscribe to the show, provide feedback, give us a give us a rating, give us uh some comments and and some things that you want to hear us talk about in the future. But with that said, I appreciate you listening to today's episode, and we hope you continue following along with us on the Capital Conversations podcast.